This is the InfoMoto podcast. Hi, folks. Welcome to InfoMoto podcast three. And uh, hopefully you've been uh, sticking up with everything we're doing. Um, and today I've got a very special guest, <laughs> a close friend of mine, probably uh, well known, uh, certainly through the 4x4 world. Yes. As uh, John Ruth, better known as Ruthie, I guess. Yeah. Welcome, Ruthie. Thank you, Sam. Lovely to have you. It's great to be here, mate. Mate, now you've come down to Melbourne specially for, uh, to have a few drinks with your mates, haven't you, basically? Well, yeah, exactly that. I mean, I came down for Brum's farewell. And, um, and, and as life has it, you know, Brum was a motorcycle publisher and journos, which meant that that whole place was full of people I knew, including you. They let you in. It, they let me in. They let anybody. Gee, I tell you what. <laughs> If a bomb had gone off in that place the other day, there would have yeah. been no loss to motorcycling whatsoever. <laughs> there'd be no you one think? talking about it. There'd be, no, <laughs> there'd be no one left. Well, um, John, look, you are well known in the 4x4 world. I know that uh, uh, many people interested in, in 4x4s, camping, uh, certainly Australian travel, um, know you. Uh, you do a lot of video work, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Maybe a quick run through what you're up to at the moment. Um, not a lot. Mate, no, COVID was a really good thing to nail being a travel journal. Yes, know? yes. Um, and it, it, to be honest, it kind of didn't worry me. I've right. Been, I've been travelling probably the best part of 35 years, 40 yes. years. Actually, yeah. if you include the motorcycling, it's even longer and uh, for a living. And, yes. Um, whilst you can never see all of Australia, I've seen a fair bit of it. Yep. I love it dearly. I, yep. I, I never go through somewhere where I don't want to come back again. But... Um, this was a real good year just to stay at home and get yep. established and, and then get the get the old bikes out, get them running again. And You sort of had to use your own time a bit, didn't you? You, you did, you did. And I mean, you know, at first I went, oh, gee, you know, no income, this is going to be fun. Yes. And then I started to realise that um, life was just slowing down, which yes. led to things like this. I mean, instead of hopping on a bomber and flying down or something like that just to be here, mm. um, next week's the Chumps Rally. Yes. So I thought, okay, take a couple of weeks, take the old bike, and you know, taking a, a, a nineteen eighty four Harley on a yes, tell a, us you, a you've 4, got four thousand k trip is is always a bit risky. There's you a touch of madness about that. You've yeah. got now, tell us, you've got Ruby out there, which yep. is a much loved old Harley. Yep. What's the bike and what's its history? Okay, well, uh, basically, I picked up Ruby nineteen eighty five, uh, and that's the bike that built Live to Ride. At right. the time, right. At the time, I was uh, working with Bill McKinnon on two wheels, and yes. I was doing on the side uh, the Australian component of Aussie Easy Riders because, um, like a lot of motorcyclists, I got I got feet in lots of different camps. I've got, I've yes. got classic trials bikes. I I got my road bikes. I love my Harleys. You're a tragic. <laughs> I'm a real tragic. <laughs> I've got a shed full of tragedies. <laughs> but um, So anyway, in those days, you know, it was like five days a week, John Ruth from Two Wheels, the, the full leathers and the, the nice helmets, and off we go, you know, testing bikes, race reviews, yep. race tracks, all that kind of John, stuff. John, I should say, editing Two Wheels. Uh, what years was that? Oh, gee. Two Wheels well, Magazine, folks, if you're not aware. Yeah. One of the yeah, great, yeah, one of the great yeah. organs of Australian motorcycling. It was, well, do you know what? It's funny you say that, Snag, because it was those girls on the Nortons in the Two Wheels ads back in the early 1970s. <laughs> I do remember them. <clears throat> that just turned me on to Nortons. And, um, yeah. and in, to some <laughs> degree, that was our only, that and, that and the Green Horror. Yes, was our which only, is 
Australian Motorcycle News for for younger folk. <laughs> for younger folk. It used to come out in green paper like exactly. a green newspaper. Yeah, so yeah, it became yeah. known as the Green Horror. That's the one. Well, that was it. If, if you lived in the bush like I did, um, you didn't have access to motorcycle knowledge. You couldn't go down to a bike shop or yes. anything like that. So two wheels and the Green Horror was about it. And um, and years later, you know, to, to actually get to work for two wheels. Yeah. Which was just nepotism. I mean, Bill said, hey, what are you doing? I need someone to sit in that chair for three months. While However it works, Johnny. Uh, we <clears throat> all got there strange ways. Yeah, we did. Eh? And, uh, and, and shortly after that, well, a year or so after that, I guess, um, Bill left. He went off to, uh, to do other things. And they came into the office and said, you, what's your name? You're the editor. You know, so <laughs> a bit like that. Uh, and by that stage, we'd started Live to Ride too. So it was, I was pretty busy there for a while. Oh, so you were doing uh, Live to Ride, which I, I uh, uh, quite disparagingly refer to as learn to read. Well, so but, does, so does so else, everybody and, else. And after you've subbed two and a half thousand bloody <laughs> stories written on chip packets by, by blokes who... You know, are quite keen to go along to bike shows and see what's going on and take some photos. But yes, every show is, uh, you know, it was a wonderful day. I couldn't wait to get there. I got really drunk and I met some guy called Bearing or something like that. It was yes. always like that. You know? Yes, yes. And, um, I think it's probably still like that, thank goodness. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of words in it in the day, but I'll tell you what, at one stage there, Live to Ride was selling 47,000 copies. Well, see, that's wheels. that's amazing. That's a real yeah. money spinner in Australia. That's oh, a big number. I got another twenty-seven dollars a week for that. Yeah, you. That's how publishing <laughs> works. <laughs> well, I always remember my publisher saying, "Why would you want a pay rise when you when you get to ride motorbikes all the time?" And it was a bit hard to argue about. Well, it was very hard to argue with. But <laughs> in my case, I sort of said, "Yeah, but hang on a minute. You know, look, this is a gold mine. Yes. I'm going to leave if you don't pay me more." Yes. And they did. Chancey moved, John. And then I wound up leaving. I think a couple of the blokes would have said, "Just go." In my case. Well, yeah. But it's kind of it's kind of weird. See that that was the great thing I had. It wasn't the the two wheel side of it because yes. there was a queue of blokes nine miles long that could to, do that to, yeah. to move in and and do two wheels. They were either professional editors who wanted to have a go at motorbikes, or they were motorcyclists who wanted to have a go at two wheels. And it was nearly always the motorcyclists that won in our game. Yes, as you know. Yes, but there was a lot of them. And um, but the live to ride thing was different because no one knew how it operated. Right. No one had a clue, you know. They'd say, "How did you get these stories from Broadford, from behind the stage?" And yes, you just go, "Oh, you know, it's just contacts." Yeah, yeah. And and maybe a baggie of this and a bottle of that. And I don't need you to know? tell you too much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and so they just they couldn't believe it. The, the the bean counters were going. Don't know what you're doing. Just keep doing. Just it. keep doing it. And yeah. it was like that for years. And then um, and Ruby, this is how it started. Oh yeah, that's how we started yeah, talking, didn't we? Yeah. Well, Ruby was my. 1984 Harley still is <clears throat> and the only way to build cred with the outlaw clubs was to show up on a motorcycle on a Harley yes and do the yards with them yes you know? oh they wouldn't have copped in the nose no 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 so I rode Ruby up to Darwin for the Blancs event and I had to go everywhere at least two or three times to yes. all the big runs to be sort of accepted and well I'd get me accepted I'd get live to ride accepted and then on the second third fourth trip I'd get uh, our local contributor if we'd found one by then. It was yes. if I found some guy with a halfway decent camera in the crowd, he had a fair chance. Of he had the he, he, he had the gig. Yeah, basically <laughs> it was a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. So I rode all over the place. I went to um, you know, oh gee, Bindoon in Western Australia three Strike, times. Yeah. And when you ride over, 
you get there on a motorcycle covered in oil, especially a chain drive, because old Rubes is a kickstart chain drive. Oh, of course it is too. Yeah, you get there and, and the next thing, oh, mate, can I borrow some spanners? I need to do this. And so you kind of come into their world on a different, you're one of them. Yeah. And Well, John, you, you were a serious motorcycle, so you say it like that, but if you weren't a serious motorcycle, you wouldn't have no hope with the, with the uh, club guys, for starters. Oh, well, I mean, I'm that generation too, so, yes. so are you, but... In my case, you know, age of 17, uh, screaming around a corner on a Norton, got it all wrong, fell off in the trees. Next thing, the nomads come around the corner. Now, they're all about 18 or 19. Yeah, they're not the old blokes <laughs> we know now. They're not the same old crew. Yes. And, uh, yep. and the, the leader in those days was Metho Tom, RIP Tom. He came oh, around know, the corner. Yeah, Tom, yeah, yeah. You would have met him. And, you know, he had a huge business in the end, selling Harleys out of Blacktown. Mm. But... Um, Anyway, told a good yarn, Tom. He told a good yarn, and, and he, there was a good reason he was called Metho Tom. But, <laughs> but, you know, he was the backbone of one of the biggest outlaw clubs around. But in those days, he's just one of, one of a bunch of guys from Lithgow going for a roar. Yep. Come around the corner, there's a Norton on its bum and some guy in the gutter. And so they, they helped me up. That was the first time I met him. And then over the years, you know, you just keep meeting people. Yes. Meeting people. Yep. It had some funny times. I mean, <clears throat> I used to combine the two jobs. Yes. And as you remember, in those days, Honda came out of uh, Melbourne. Yes. So if we wanted a test bike for two wheels in Sydney, I'd have to roar down to Melbourne. Or one of the guys would roar down. Yeah, to, to spend a day riding or something. Yeah, we'll pick it up and take it back or uh, right, a couple yep. of weeks or, or come down here and, and do the, the, the thing in Melbourne. And, um, and more than once, you know, like... I'd, uh, I'd go, well, look, I have to go because I've got to go to the Hells Angels Clubhouse in Heidelberg to <laughs> show them all the photos from Broadford Yes, so, so that they're all right with it going in live to ride. So ah. you'd show up to the Hells Angels Clubhouse on a Friday night on their church night on a CBR 1000. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about this the other day, Snag. And um, whilst it was important to build the cred with yes. live to ride, Yes. The other thing you found with that old generation of bikers, and they're still the same. You know, you, you, you see an old outlaw, and he, unless he's in the gang for some stupid reason, I don't, yes. don't even have to name those stupid no, reasons. No, there's understood. A, there's a fair chance he's just a motorcyclist. Yes. And he's just like you. Yes. You know, especially if you guys have been knocking around. In, in my world, and it's probably the same for you, if you ride a motorbike, you're just, you're just 90% in front of everybody else straight away, aren't you? you well, know, it's, it's a good like, start. Good and um, start. My, look, I, I've had nothing to do with patch clubs other than to nod and say hello. But I, all I know is I've only ever been treated as a gentleman. Yeah. It seems to me that like, people that get sort of a bit wound up about that stuff are uh, disappearing up their own dates. Oh, be be re reasonable to them and they're reasonable to you. So yeah. especially now, we're, you know, let's face it, we're all... We're all, We're all old buggers, you know. There's, and, and there's a bunch of ratbags there now, especially, I'm not going to name nations or anything. I don't think we should. No, but there are, there are... I don't want to get killed, John. No, I'm not, I get you. I've got a bit left. <laughs> well, I don't mind chucking it on the line occasionally. <laughs> I've got enough old, my, old mates who go, yeah, he's right. Well, I reckon you know? you've got more. You've got a bit more cred in that world than I have, Johnny. There's no doubt about that. Well, you've got a lot more cred in the going fast. Oh, not well. anymore. I was always the slowest road tester on earth. Mate, not since I threw myself down the road a few years ago. Things have slowed down quite merrily. And, and more than happily so, John, I have to say. We more were, than happily so. Do you know that I think one of the proudest moments of my life, mate, was when you... I rang you up and you told me how buggered up you were. 
And then you started talking about bikes. And, <laughs> and you were you were barely breathing. Oh, no. You must have busted some ribs or oh, some other stuff. Broke I know the you pelvis were... three times. Oh. Eight broken ribs, punctured lung, internal bleeding. It wasn't a good sound. Well, I knew when they, when they were loading me into the thing to do some bloody thing to me. Uh, they'd landed a plane to put me on and Christ knows what, John, and uh, I said to the doctor, am I going to die? Because I need to know if that's the case. Yeah, you'd want to. <laughs> and he said, uh, you're in the best place to deal with your problems, Greg. I thought, this prick's not even going to answer me. <laughs> so I, I thought, I'm not travelling too well. So after that, as you well know, yeah. when you've had an experience like that, every day's a frigging bonus. But what I do know, we don't bounce anymore. No, mate, no, no. We no, do no, not no, bounce. No, I, I totally agree. It's... Um, I've I've planned my retirement, which I'm not due for for a long time, but I'll be <laughs> motorcycling still, but I'll be doing classic trials. Well, <laughs> you know, you, twin what, shock trials. Why been, wouldn't you? <laughs> you can keep going. You can be 95 and still putting yes, around the paddock. Yes, you could do it on half an acre. Yeah, and if you fall off, it'll be slow. Well, you can go straight back to your house. <laughs> Something like that. So anyway, but we've, we're jumping around, <laughs> which is great. I know we'll, we'll have to... Um, temper ourselves because we could talk for hours, John. Yeah. Um, uh, Ruby. So Ruby is still your go-to. It's yep. still your, your well-loved Harley. What yep. else have you got in the shed? Oh, well, quick run through on Does Ruby. your missus know about them all, first of all? No. Right. <laughs> but she doesn't care. Right, okay. I have the world's best missus. I'm not saying that just because no. on the off chance she might listen to this. I, well, I think she's obviously very patient. <laughs> oh, she's very patient. I'm one of those guys who's never going to get married. I was 37 before I even met Karen. Before they trapped you? Before she trapped me. She got me. Jesus. And uh, yeah, but no, she doesn't care what I do. In fact, the last thing she said to me as far as instructions on the shed and the collection and all the other stuff was, was look, can you just get doors so I don't have to look at it all? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I put some roller doors in. But Bless um, her. <laughs> she's good. What's her first name? Karen. So Karen. Karen yeah. Okay. And you've been married, what, 200 years? No. Uh, hang on. How old are you? Well, you were kids? 37. Yeah. Oh, well, that, actually, that might that might date you if we did that. 27 years I've been married. You get less for murder. You've oh, got to say that, don't you? You do. I've only been there half of that, though. You know, I go away <laughs> a lot. I mean, and, and just a quick word on that, you know, it's funny because she's, she's the daughter of a ship's engineer. Right. Three girls. Dad was a ship's engineer. They go away six weeks. They're home six weeks. Yes. So her whole life with me has consisted of... Gee, I'm glad you're home and a wonderful warm welcome, followed by your bags are packed when you're leaving, you know? So, so she's come up in that environment. In fact, I can remember <laughs> a girl, she used to, a friend of mine, um, and a, a lovely friend of mine, who only used to date sailors. And oh, I, said, yeah. I said, why are sailors? She said, because they go away. <laughs> so there's a bit of that. No, in no. a strong marriage, there's some travel. I have noticed that. I mean, you know, this trip, when I brought up the idea of two or three weeks away on Ruby instead of... Um, a quick flight and then maybe a zap down to Dalgetty. Yes. And I said, oh, I could be away three weeks. And Karen went, well, you can spend longer if you want. <laughs> That's love, yeah. I think. Oh, Lord, she's, she's good value. <laughs> we look after each other. That's what it's all about. But, of course. You know. Um, back to the shed. Ruby. Oh, Ruby. Personal. Back to Ruby. Yeah. 750,000 Ks. Shite. But, and I just, I just went through this again, you know, because I was riding around Torquay. I had a little bit of time. Before we started yep. here, I was looking for some oil. Right. And, and Just look on can, the road, mate. Mate, <laughs> you can find any form of surfwear down here near Bell's You Beach. can. You, you can see any number of trendy people and there's a million cafes. It's a beautiful place, but no garages, oil. super cheaps, any auto, but nothing. 
Then I found, I rode around uh, just behind Bunnings, I saw a big Penrite sign on a workshop. Right, yeah. Car yeah. workshop, right? I yeah. thought, right, they Good got start. Penrite, that's where I'm going. So in I go, and I got swarmed. The boss came out. Two mechanics came over. Oh, beauty! You know, like we're into bikes. Because the old girl. There was bikes everywhere. They were in, they were all personally. Perfect. And you know how that bike network sticks together, eh? Yes. So they let me sort out my girl and. Um, uh, what was the, what's the issue? Oh well, it was just low on fluids, mate. The the primary I run automatic transmission fluid in the yes. primary. Yes. Yes. And um, it it needed about half a litre, and right. the motor had gone through about oh nearly. Nearly a litre and a half. So from you've Brisbane. been on the road for a while, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've yeah. done a couple of thousand k's. Come down from Brizzy to Melbourne and, yeah, and running all around. Yeah, running around. And But before anyone goes, gee, 750,000, how'd you get that out of a Harley? The frame's been rebuilt. Grandfather's axe. It's on 40,000 overboard, which yes. is the last on an ever. Oh, geez, there's not much left there, no, is there? No, no. She's had five crank pins because one of them was a dud and... Oh, it's it's it. still, it's a great number though, no it's matter what you've done. 750,000 Ks in anything. Um, it's a lovely old boy. And it's obviously endeared itself to your heart. Well, you know, after all these years, I've got it pretty much the way I want it. <laughs> <laughs> just got it right. <laughs> I just got it right, finally, you know. Yeah, no, she's lovely. So um, what else were we going to say? What else is in the shed there, mate? Uh, well, there's another 84 Harley. Yes. Um, and there was, because it was important to be seen as the guy riding the same old bike, the Kickstart Harley with the chain. Yes, uh, yes. When my brother sold his, we, we bought him about the same time. When he sold his, he sold it to me. Right. And so for years, I'd just um, swap the number plates and the paint jobs. And so I could always keep one of them going, you know. And um, so <laughs> We can say that now, can't <laughs> we? We can say that Statute now. of limitations. Naturally, yeah, yeah. This all if you're going to come and get us yeah, on that, you, late, you need yeah. to do something too else. It's too late. It's too late. But... Um, uh, so there's another 84. I've got a Road King. It's an Evo too. I like Evolutions. Right. I like Evolutions too. Yeah. They're, um, what year is that? That's a 93. So 93 that's Road very King. early. Uh, yeah. Fairly the, early Evo. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my personal belief on Evos is they didn't get any better. They were just really good from the start. They were. Anything, they got a little sort of um, a little bit more mass produced, a, a few different changes. Um I, I, I've ridden lots of the newer Harleys. I've, you know, the twin cams I've pulled to bits and also a lot of complication yeah. for a little bit of smoothness that's not necessary. In my mind. A bit, o- bit of over-engineering, you reckon? Well, I'm a bush mechanic and I yeah. like things as simple as they come. So Ruby's got points and a coil. Yep. Um, and, I mean, that's a straight swap for an old one. You can't do it for the later ones because they're all... Uh, the ignition's timed off little sensors and things. Ah, uh, of course. A, an yep. old girl like that, you just whip out the CDI, bung the points plate in from a shovel, yep. and yep. off you go. And they run Rambler points, GD501 from Jeez. Bosch. So there's something to note. Now, there's a tip, <laughs> a Ruthie tip. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if you want some tips, if you've got a Harley, <laughs> not so much the newer ones, you know, I'm talking the last 20 years, Yes. but the older ones, you need something, you go to the bearing shop. You don't go to the Harley Ah. In in the first instance, if it's unless it's right? something specific, if it's a bearing, like cam bearings, yes. for example, they save about twenty cents in the manufacture. But cam bearing doesn't take a lot of stress; it's not doing a lot, and they use a slightly cheaper bearing that's got um, caged rollers. Yes, and you can buy a fully rolled bearing at a bearing shop that fits in. It's exactly the same in every way, except that it's about two hundred percent better. 
Right. And and I've found probably that with, a bit cheaper too. And it's a whole lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've found that with almost everything. The um, it's as if they built Harley's out of hardware stores. Yes. Know? Well, with with your travels, um, that's quite true. It's something you just uh, saying that's just made me think about it. Um, you do get to some pretty remote places. Yes. And you like to get off the beaten track, yeah. and you're fairly serious, but uh, with your motorcycling and your four, mm. certainly your four by four. I've followed Milo closely and Milo too, and all, uh, along with a lot of other people. But it's quite true that it doesn't matter if you're Ruthie or you're bloody Brad Pitt. When things break and you're out in the bush, yeah, you've got to be able to fix it. Well, that's it. And and that was my whole ethos with Milo, which was something I learnt from Ruby, really. Right. I mean, I was an opal miner. Yes, and, I know that. We're going to get to that. Oh, are we? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be good stuff about that. Well, when you do that, you build all your own gear. You've got to repair it yourself. And, and I've been doing that stuff since I was a kid. I love it. Yeah. So I, I did the same with Milo. Milo runs, um, or it still Just runs. For, sorry to interrupt. What is Milo? Oh, Milo is a 1967-72-83 Toyota, which right. I built myself. Built himself. Shortened a little four-cylinder turbo diesel motor from a dump truck, a Toyota dump truck. Um Right. And the whole thing was built. It's so simple. It's mechanical injection so that I can switch off the electricity. I yes. don't need electricity. I've, I've, I've come from Tasmania to Queensland with an ever-ready torch and some red tape swinging in the back window <laughs> and one driving light running off a battery, you know? <laughs> so you wish you should have, did you film that? <laughs> no, they never, they never filmed the dangerous That's bits. the goal. <laughs> I know. I That's know, the know. goal. They filmed plenty of repairs. There was the time I... Um, you rolled one, didn't you? Oh, something? yeah, I've rolled on rolled <laughs> a couple of times, rolled the yellow one once. and Just a detail, folks, yeah. just rolled it. Oh, but they, they fall over so slow. And, and as you know, Snag, if you ride a motorbike, you know, when a car goes all haywire, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a joke. Oh, yeah. Surrounded by this tin walls. Funny. This is funny. I've yeah. got a, you know, I've got a seatbelt on. I'm not even going to fly over the handlebars. It stops being funny on a motorbike. No, when it, when your motorbike is a lot closer to the ground. And and, and I guess I, I got that thing in my head that um, I... I always feel safe in a vehicle compared to... A, I, I love my motorbikes, don't get me wrong. No, understood. But in terms of the thing falling over, yes. who cares Yes, if it's a car? Unless, yes. Unless, I know people get really unlucky, but they're going too fast. You don't go too fast in an old Toyota. Well, you're not going too fast on some of those tracks you're on, I know that. No, no um, that's for sure, yeah. But like, so you, with your mechanical knowledge, and I know you, you've got good mechanical knowledge, and I think touching on the fact that you love doing it, that's why you probably get good at it. But were you self-taught? Pretty much? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I had that lucky break that um, my old man couldn't hammer a nail into a wall. Right. You know, yep. so when I was a you kid... You reckon that's lucky? Well, I think it's... Well, I know it works different for other guys. Yeah. <clears throat> but in my case, it was like, um, it just fascinated me. Yes. You know, I just wanted to do it and I got every chance. You know, yes. I can remember as a kid, um, I would have been about 10 and uh, the old man wanted to save some money on a falcon that needed a a valve grind, and I'd just put my hand up and said, I can do that, no worries. Yep. And off we go down to the shop and for, I don't know, a tenth of what it would have cost him to pay a mechanic do to it do it. Do it yourself. Uh, he bought some basic tools. I went home and did it myself. And, and and that's kind of where it started. I was very lucky I had an uncle called Reeves who was a rocker in England, you know, one of those ace cafes. Oh, guys. yeah. Well, the real deal. Like. The real deal. And he came to Australia because he was a bit too much of a real oh, deal. Oh, right. Too real. Yes. He ran away with Auntie Mary and over they came. Well, he was a farm mechanic over here, bulldozer mechanic, never, never trained. 
Never still train. Have a shed full of bikes. No, but some people don't have to. They, yep. They're just good at it. And then yep. They get to the thing they can't do and they either learn about it or they go and find someone who can if do someone it. Someone can do it. I'm yep. still at that stage. You know, there's some things you, you just can't do. But in Reeves's case, he gave me a um, – he saw I was interested in bikes. I mean, I, from the day – I don't know about you. I can still remember pinning – uh, Lawrence of Arabia on a Brow Superior poster on the back of my door in the Flinders Ranges at about eight years old and yeah, go, I, yeah. I want to be like him. I want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be that guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Hence the love of the It twins. wasn't like the, the other kids at school weren't talking like that, were they? <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Not no, many. No, no. No, What's well, wrong with this bloke? Especially my school, it was on a radio. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, pedal radio, yeah. Where at? In uh, a place called uh, Mount Searle in the Flinders Ranges. Right, so you were a real bushy as a kid. As a kid. And... Um, yeah. Now, you didn't even get far on asking me the other bikes in the shed. No, I'd well, like I to say you, that. Well, I, I don't just, want people thinking I'm just Harleys and nothing else. Well, I, I said to, I said, how will I go doing, because uh, Ruthie and I are mates, so it, yeah. it's not yeah. hard, but I said, how will I go doing Ruthie? I thought, as a mate of mine said, just, just, just let him go. Just <laughs> set him free. <laughs> yeah. Set him free. And, uh, and uh, I'm more than happy to hear everything you've got. But, um, what else have you got in the Okay, shed? well, my latest acquisition I'm really proud of. Yes. Um, a, a couple of my mates just gave me a GSXR seven fifty, the nineteen eighty five one. I was telling you about it the other that's night. That's a G, we, isn't it? It's the GSXR. Yeah, the, I don't it's know the what G it's model. Called. I think eighty five is the first one. one. It's the absolute first one. It's it's got the split seat and the ducktail. Yes, and and uh, that sort of and, and uh, that funny sort of protective guard on the exhaust. I think it has. Yeah, I that, think well, you're that's right. that's the you first one. It? Yeah, it yeah. was. It was also the first. Uh, fast Japanese bike I've ever ridden. Yes, in, they were. In my two and light. Days. Oh, light. And they still are, to some degree, an excellent bike. So so this thing, the brothers had it, Porker and Butcher. G'day, lads. The Baton boys, they had it. <laughs> Make sure you're watching <coughs> and oh, they, share. They will be. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, well, they, they had this bike between them. They shared it for years and years, and it had about 70,000 Ks on they both had other bikes. They weren't riding the GSXR. They let it lapse. It sat in the shed. Eventually, what are we going to do? Let's give it to John. So that's the latest one to come into the shed. Needs a lot of work. Yep. Um, I've got my first matchless. The What's first, that? It's a 1950 500cc uh, G500? G80. G80, that's right. Which is yep. just your, your basic matchless, you know. Um, pedestrian model, single cylinder. I had it when I was 15. I paid 150 bucks for it. I got my license on you it. You got your money's worth, I reckon. Well, no, no, not quite, because see, <laughs> you've got to hear the rest of the story, Snake. <laughs> Three years later, I sold it for 150 bucks, so oh, I'd have enough money to buy square. a second-hand Honda 4. I bought it back about four years ago for seven and a half grand, <laughs> and it hasn't got any better. It's oh, still it's the same. <laughs> the economies of that aren't great. Oh, yeah, no. But look, a matchless, I've always had a thing for matchless, but I don't know much enough about them. Mm. Um, pretty pretty simple single cylinder five hundred and it, it taught me a lot about mechanics. Um, you know, it had a magneto. It taught me about simplicity. The fact that uh, you have one function for one thing and it does its job. Yes. So the carburetor doesn't have an air filter or any of that stuff. You know, like yep. it'll sit there and doof 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 doof, and you'll watch a big locust or something land oh on the bell Christ. mouth, and you'll hear it go doof doof. <laughs> Just process the locust. Doof and throw the, throw the locust out What the it back, doesn't need you know? out the back. Yeah, yeah. But um, You don't want that to be a rock, though, do you, John? 
Well, not really, but that's probably why they stick the carby at the back of the head instead of the front. Well, they you know, thought about it then. Years ago, I think yeah. they thought about it somewhere <laughs> down the line. But I, I just uh, I finished a, a Compi Matchless, which is the Scrambler right. model. Excuse my non-knowledge. Oh, that's another 500cc, but it's an aluminium engine, single. Right. And if you ever, you know, it's got the high pipe. If 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 I uh, rode it to a rocker cafe, the boys would just queue up to go gaga because it's right. lovely. It's yeah. Um, that's, do you get out on that to go and do a spin on no, that every now and then? Or? Yeah, yeah, every just now and then. Just roll it round? It, it's one of those things you've got to be in the mood for it. Yes, you know? understood. And, and um, I think that's most of the case with most British stuff. I think it is, mate. It is. I've got a couple of Nortons talking British. I, I've You've got, got a, the sickness as well. Oh, a bad sickness. <laughs> well, I know about your sickness. I've, oh, seen, I've seen the results. <laughs> I was living in the bloody... I was living in the street keeping my Norton going. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm lucky. I... I um, I bought a 750 Mark III yes. Interstate because yes. when I was a lad, I had a 72 and an Interstate and yes. I always wanted the Mark III. Yes, that um, was an electric start, the Mark electric III, start, wasn't it? the last yep. of them, you know. So I bought one and typical for me, the electric start never worked. No, all it did was put about 10 kilos <laughs> on the bloody <laughs> That's it, yeah. That was it. Uh, it got, she went round twice and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then I pulled it to bits because, you know, like Norton's, the motor went... Lunch one yep. day, just totally went to Standard. lunch. Standard. And uh, it just ate itself as they do. So into it, I, I was just, I had it all pulled down and a mate of mine rang me up and he said, listen, I know where there's a 72 Norton with 20,000 miles on it. And I said, oh yeah, and is it next to a couple of crates of WLAs left over from the war, you know? And he said, no, 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 this is genuine, John. It's underneath this bloke's house in Ipswich. Yeah. He doesn't want to sell it. So I go out there. He doesn't want to sell it. He doesn't want to sell it. He's just pointing you at it anyway. Yeah, so I go out, as you do. Right, as you do. I go out there, knock on the door. His wife answers the door. I said, look, um, I've been told about a bike. She said, do you want to buy it? I said, do you own it? She said, no, but I think he wants to sell it. Don't you, Peter? (laughs) The kitchen sent it. Peter came out and he could barely walk. And um, he wasn't a well man. He'd had it since new. Strike. And yeah, he was okay. a lovely bloke. Yep. Do you know it's still got the original rego on it? Because he kept it fully registered, even though kept he wasn't it, writing is it. Is that right? Yeah. Under the house. It was his dream. Because that's the like, way of him still living it. Exactly. That was, every year paying the rego was a bit like saying, I'm still young, I'm still going to get still on the Still got a motorbike. Still go for a raw. Grouse. So and, so you obviously thought, well, he's, this bloke's ripe for the pickings. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound really bad. I know it does. I, but... I would like to think that Peter thought... This is the guy who's This is the right man. <laughs> I always, I used to say to people when, when I was buying a bike, maybe a little cheaper than they should have, I used to say, I'm alleviating you of a problem. <laughs> so <laughs> you alleviated him of the problem. You're admitting that. <laughs> he didn't have a problem. Mate, I'm that old now. I had a problem matter. when I got home and said to Karen, um, I think I've, I've just spent I've a lot a of money friend. on a new bike. But, um, but that bike, unbelievable. I ride it most weeks. Um, it's the old, I, I, as much as anything, I'm riding it because it's a right-hand gear change. It keeps me in swing with the matchless. You know? Ah, yeah, yeah. So and upside-down uh, upside pattern. Upside-down, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you go up and down. And, and it's a lovely feeling too. I've got to tell you. Yeah, you, I get that. When you punch down a gear yeah. and roar forward even faster. It feels racy. It feels racy. Yeah, yeah. Really no, does. I get that. And it, I, I, what I used to find though when I'd get on a bike with the upside-down change Everything's fine until you get a panic situation. And then you hit the brakes. And I, yeah, I would go into Japanese mode mm. and just make the whole thing worse. Yeah. But yeah, you need to ride them. And yeah, you do. And it's fun. And I love it. I mean, riding, a, you forget, you know, I can remember, and you probably can too, but 
when a Honda 4 was a really big bike. Oh, cross And a yeah. Norton and a, or a Triumph 750, that was about as big as they got. Yes. You know? And um, and you put them up next to I hop on the Norton now. It feels like it's a 250 Honda compared to some of the yes. out there. Yeah, that's you? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The other day I helped a, a bloke chuck a Victory on a trailer, a big yeah. fully oh, panniered touring Victory thing. Beautiful bike. 1800, 1700 cc's, whatever. Man, it filled the trailer. Yeah, they had to cut a hole in the front they of the bike trailer to take the front wheel. Massive. Massive. But but I guess the electric glide was always a big bike too, and uh, ultra I should say. And um, yeah, but maybe yeah. I mean I remember the first time I saw an ultra, I thought you know where does it end? But yeah, now compared, ultra looks a little bit like a a mid-sized bike. It does a little bit. Christ doesn't it? Almighty! Hey, I pranged the first ultra glide in Australia. Tell us about that. Oh, do you want to hear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we want to hear, don't so, we? I was, I, okay, so I'm testing bikes for two wheels, and um, Warren Fraser. Yes. Fraser's motorcycle. I bought an Ultra Glide Classic into the country, John. This is 1988, and I went, oh, okay, cool. That would have been a bit of a thing, <clears throat> too, yeah, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, as it worked out, it was, because it had the, it was the first bike I knew of in the country that from standard had a stereo system. That's right, cassette player. A cigarette lighter, cassette player. That's right, yeah. It had the works, you know. Yeah. And uh, that big front remember. fairing. Yeah, and I can't remember. It might have even had cruise control. I can't remember. Strike. Pretty rare in those days. But but uh, he said, oh, you know, do you want to buy? I said, look, you know, you can take it up to Gosford and back, he said. I said, listen, it'll have to do the full three-week two-wheels test period or it's not worth worrying about. You know, right, yep. Mostly because I had to go to Broadford and I also had to go over. But no, that's to fair. South I've, I still say two, you need two weeks to <laughs> well, get to know them. Yeah, of course. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I got to know it. So it was the <laughs> best thing on earth. Rode it down to Broadford, did my job there taking photos. Then I went over to South Australia. At that stage, that uh, I tested, they were bringing in Enfield bullets for the first time in years back right. then. Yep. Those were still the British made. Back then, no, no, they were the Indian. Oh, ones. Indian ones. Okay, yeah, I know that because they had the holy cow dung brake pads in them. Oh, you know, <laughs> you'd ring your bells and bless something, and you had a chance of scooting to a hole. Oh, that's right. Nothing but, like the infields of today. That's eh? right. India bought the tooling and, and, that's right. and all that stuff, and yeah. it was it still had all the slack tolerances in oh, it. Oh, yeah, and and the mud guards were still hand painted underneath. That's know, right, red yeah. lead. But so anyway, so I go over to Adelaide and I visit some friends and uh, all the rest of it. Had a, and then on the way home, I'm tired. I've been riding through the night because I'm running really late. And, and I had a girlfriend in Sydney I wanted to visit before the sun came up. Visit. Three o'clock in the visit. morning. Yeah, you, you know. Press on. Three o'clock in the morning, I'm coming into Sydney. I hit a little oil patch. Right. And the bike just did a big fall over on the side and slid. And I was sliding after it. And, you know, even in those days, even riding a Harley, I always wore a lot of leather. Right, as much as I could, and yep. in in that instance, it was leather pants, leather boots, and a chain on my wallet that took all the brunt of the slide. And I slid behind the bike, and I watched the beautiful um, stereo fairing <laughs> sort of getting ground away, and the oh. crash bars getting ground, the gear stick kind of. And I thought, ah, oh, geez, at least all the damage is on one side. And that's when it hit the gutter, flipped up, and went bang on the other side. Did the other side smacked it terribly? But it's a Harley, so. Get it up, you know. So you're all right. You just, I'm, yeah, I'm your ego's right. not great, but... It's a lot easier when you're young. It is, and true. I've only slid down the road. So I get up and a taxi driver stopped and I borrowed his wheel brace and straightened out the gear shift enough to ride it again. And, and I got to her place and then the next day 
I rode into two wheels pretty late, you know, and um, I thought, uh, oh, geez, I'm going to have to take this bike. You've got to talk to Fraser. I've got to talk to Fraser. So I I chickened out. (laughs) (laughs) I got a cab voucher and I got a a taxi just outside of work and got him to follow me out to Fraser's where I left the bike on the side stand. Jumped back in the cab. And roared off, you know. (laughs) You softy. Oh, yeah. By the time I got back to the office, my uh, secretary, Nina, said, Oh, Warren Fraser's been on the phone three times mm, and oh. he's not very happy. The bike's not quite, <laughs> hasn't been returned as we delivered uh, it. But you know what they did? I mean, it's it always, it, those guys never lose money on bikes. Mate, they've got a con- two contact patches yeah. they will fall over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ju- you just don't want a reputation for it. Funny thing, though, I lost the cigarette lighter in South Australia. Oh, no. Now, there is a connection. You would have been smoking back then, there too. There is a connection. I was smoking, yes, and, and you, South Australia had liberal smoking laws. We won't yes. talk about that. Yes. <laughs> no need to get too far into that. Yeah, so I'm trying out the efficiency of the fairing, and can you actually smoke behind the fairing at speed, and I lost the cigarette lighter. <laughs> you know, when the bike <laughs> fell on its side, guess what fell out? The, the cigarette, cigarette lighter. Oh, you found that again? <laughs> yeah, I found it again. You should have said that to Fraser. Well, at least I found the bloody cigarette lighter. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ. It took, took years for him to get over there. Well, not really. Well, he had Ducatis and Harleys, and he was punching hard. The Evos, he needed two wheels, yes. fortunately. Well. Because he didn't like me. I mean, but those days were, like, it was a lo- bit of a love-hate thing. I yeah. spent a lot of time on AMCN when in a, it was in its glory yeah. patch, which was lasts a long time. Yes. Um. Having worked in the in the bike journalism game just about all most of my adult life, um, mm. but back then you could have a spirited argument with a distributor based around the fact that it was a mutual situation. In that, of course, those advertising dollars is what buddy you know kept yeah. the thing running. There's yeah. no two ways. But at the same time, when you were selling forty seven thousand copies, they knew damn well they needed to they have needed Ruthie us. A on side and B telling the yep. truth. Yep. So that oh, I true. found that led to a lot of spirited conversations oh yeah well i can remember i mean you know there's millions of examples and you probably remember them too but suzuki was distributing out of sydney in those days yes yes and they came out with this thing called the gsxf or es or something and it was basically a 1100cc tourer and it, its gimmick was an electric front windscreen that went up and down oh, do you remember yep. that I actually don't. I should, but I'll be honest, I don't. You know why you don't? Because it didn't last very long because we (laughs) tested it. Thanks, John. You let me off there. No, no, it's true. It had a front-end wobble. And and Dave Bourne... I built on by that aerodynamic setup. Something to do with that. It was just the geometry was wrong. It was a basic problem with the bike, you know. Yes, yeah. And and it had hit about 70 mile an hour, you know, 110 kilometres an hour. And the thing would start to do a little wobble, which would get worse. Okay. And you'd have to ride through it. It was like a Norton with loose ice elastics. And, and it, but it was dangerous because of the power of the thing. And so Dave Bourne took it out and he came back. It's dangerous. He was our chief road tester then. I took it for a spin, got the same thing out of it. I said to Suzuki, look, you know, this thing's not good. This is what it does. Um, no, that's You reckon not, they'd know that, though, wouldn't they? They didn't want to admit it. All right, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they did. They'd have to know, they wouldn't they? They didn't want to admit it. Yeah. And so I said, look, if you don't get it off the market, we're going to publish. We published because yep. they didn't take it off the market. They took it off the market. Right. And But it caused a, a rift. There was about 18 months where they didn't advertise with us. Mm. And then the next thing, I get an invitation to go and have lunch somewhere. All of, yeah, we better have a chat. Yeah. I can remember having a couple of conversations <clears throat> when I was with Trader 
Um, generally, our relationship was good with the trust. Mm. Uh, it really was. Um, and most of the time, if there was an error, what I used to do, I'd get a bike. If there was a problem, I would contact the distributor like you've done, like yeah. you did. Yeah. The bike is doing this. Yeah. Is it representative? What your view is it representative? Or give me another unit. Give them another chance because it could have been that unit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, generally, I found that people would go, yep, we've got an issue. Of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't know. We've never really had this discussion, but I kind of assume that you'd be the same as me. I, I get a lot of, even in the four-wheel drive world, I used to get a lot of, how come you think everything's good? Well, there's a reason for that. And that is because in my game, your game, and I learned it in bike journalism, where the world's a little bit of tighter place. There's not a heap yep. of money. No. We're, the trade and the journos are in it for the same reason, which is they love it. Motorbikes. You know, they go and sell cars. If you, no one gets money. rich in this no game. No one gets rich in it. No. You love motorbikes and you want to promote motorcycling. Yes. So. It comes from a good place. Yeah, it comes from a good place. And the rule on anything, didn't matter whether it was a set of gloves or a helmet or whatever, if it came into the office and we didn't like it, we'd ring up the distributor yes. and say, we don't like this. Yes. And if they said, no, no, we want it tested, then we'd say, well, we'll test it, but we're going to tell everyone we don't like it. Would you rather have it back? And so... They get an opportunity. They get the opportunity, you know, like just mm. take it off the market. There's I no never, need to be horrible about no, it. No, no, no. We, we, at Motorcycle Accessory Supermarket years ago, bought yes. in their own helmet. Still you know? going. Seto was working with me then. So this is back in the early 90s. The great Seto. The, the great, great man Seto. Yes. Yep. So oh. we'll see him on the weekend too. I oh, know. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers I'll see Seto. <laughs> yeah, no, he'll be there, man. I hope he will. Um, anyway, probably the... One of the most brilliant wordsmiths in motorcycling. But Jeff's very unassuming and he wants a new helmet. MCS have sent him one of their new helmets, you know, wear this in when you're testing bikes. He put it on. He said, John, it's got no peripheral vision. Uh, I said, yeah. oh, fair dinkum, you know. Yeah. And, and, too tight and, up yeah, here. Too tight. Yeah. It, it had too much padding and you literally, you clipped a couple of percent Ooh, off the peripheral. Yeah, which is where a car can sit. Yeah, exactly. He said, I don't want to wear it. Yeah. And I said, okay, fair enough. So... We ring up the boss out there. I won't mention his name. And, um, oh, it led to a... Because he'd obviously invested in a container full of these oh, things. Oh, yeah. They and don't want to hear that. No. Jeez, just well, led, you wouldn't want to, would no, you? No. It led to a shit fight. Uh, they still sold the helmet, um, but they didn't bother bringing any more in when right. it was gone. And we didn't test it. And yep. it's, it's the same... I, I've always been of that view, you know. Like, I learned that very early in the game. Um, I tested a Virago 750. Yeah. Two yep. wheels. Still working for Billet. Yeah. I was assistant editor. And Jeez, I, I bet you didn't ride that to Broadford. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> eh? I bet you didn't take that to Broadford. It would have been be on right, a fire. Mate. You might be right. Tell you what. <laughs> <clears throat> but, you know, I'll give anything a go. And I took this thing for yeah, a ride. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I didn't like it, you know. It wasn't it you. It felt soft. I looked down, I saw gold-plated plastic and... Very no garish, front, weren't they? Yeah, no front frame member. And it was just like, well, oh, I don't know. So so I bagged the hell out of it. In the funniest <laughs> test I think I've ever written. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I, I learned a very important lesson then because the next – we used to have to do bike shows, trade shows and stuff. Yes, you know? yeah. We did a few of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah we they, we just got day, pissed at night and <laughs> nursed a headache the next day, was, I remember. It, yeah, or had the fridge behind the stand. That's if, right. if you're with John War on two wheels, you always had your own fridge somewhere. <laughs> That's right. So um, – <laughs> So, you know, next time there's a Sydney show, 
I, I look over and all of a sudden there's 14 guys in front of me with Yamaha Virago Owners Club oh, written on their vests. It's not going to go well. Well, you know what you're dealing with for starters if they've got that, <laughs> but yeah, press on. <laughs> but anyway, that was when I realised that as terrible as I thought that bike was, I thought that bike was terrible, yep. there's at least 14 people who loved it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They There's did. A, they loved the thing. Yeah, and you, you're kind of breaking their heart. And you're kind of breaking their heart. So from that day on, if I didn't like something, I wrote 4,500 words about the colour and how beautiful it was. Yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah. And, and read between the lines, you know? Doesn't well, go around corners, doesn't stop. Goes like a well, wet that, fish, not really but it's a beautiful colour. Not reading between the lines, though, is it? <laughs> but, oh, look, I take your point because... I often, and now you would be, I'm sure, certainly, even much more than I do, but in the 4x4 world, I'm sure, people will ring me up and go, now, I want to buy, I've got three bikes in mind or whatever. Yes. And, and often they're very disparate. Yeah. They're totally, yes. you go, well, on a GS, a Road King or a, yeah. and you go, geez, where are, you? anyway. Where's your head? <laughs> what I've found out that what, over, unless they're asking very seriously, they have decided which bike they want. Yes. And they yes. want to hear that you like it too. That's right. So you drop a few hints. It's the same with the four-wheel drives. It's, um, you know, I get both, obviously, but you get some guy go, well, what do you reckon? Should I get a Hilux or, or, or a Navara? And you say, what do you what, what, what was your last one? What are you leaning to? And they to go, or, oh, yeah. Toyota 80 Series. You go, well, you probably want the Hilux then because they're a Toyota guy and they will quite happily pay 20 grand more to drive a Toyota. Yeah. You know, Which and, is the case with Hiluxes too. They're I know. Definitely and, more expensive than the competition. Aren't we they? don't want to talk about cars. I don't really want to. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you, my, my philosophy on cars um, is that Toyota was the best, without yes. a doubt. Yes. They were. Their, their 80 series Toyota is probably the toughest, most comfortable, best all-round RV off-road vehicle ever. 100 series was a bit softer. 200 series is softer again really expensive on parts. The 300 series, when it comes out, would be a piece of rubbish. And, <laughs> you and got it here first. The Hiluxes, seriously, you know, they spend more money on advertising than they do on building a strong car, which is made in Thailand anyway, and they're kind of going like that. Yeah. And the, I got a Mahindra from India that cost 20 I saw you with that. Less. Now, can I just say, when I first saw I want, I want to set this up because yeah. when I first saw you with that, I thought, this could go one of two ways. Over to you. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought so too. Yeah. I mean... But they must have known this is chancy. Oh, they did. They did. But the guys at Mahindra couldn't believe that I was ringing them up saying, can I borrow one of your vehicles? Yeah. They said, why? And I said, because I got a feeling that this vehicle with its full chassis and its leaf springs and its locking rear diff from standard and Eaton locker. And I, I said... You know, you're building a really that the motor is a, a out of a, a tractor. You know, right. it's got double chain drive cam, so it's completely. It's not going to bust. It's not going to bust. They get half a million k's out of these yeah. things. Well, I guess they have to in and rural gee, parts of. Uh, well, rural India. Rural India, yeah. for Christ's sake. And and in rural India, you know, they shove eight cows and all their wives and a couple yep. of buses in the back. You know, <laughs> and so I thought, right, I want to. They've only just seriously started to import them in the last few years. Right. Before that, it was just the odd car dealer bringing in a few, you know. But so I, um, and Mahindra is the world's biggest tractor selling company. I thought there's, there's something going on here. Yes. How come they're twenty five grand cheaper than a Hilux? So, so I borrowed one to test it, and it's just like the old bike things. Do you know what? So much money is spent on marketing in the four wheel drive game. Right. That the prices are set according to 
perception rather than vehicle. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So in my mind, the Mahindra is probably, apart from the fact that it's as ugly as a dead goldfish, it's probably <laughs> the, the, the most impressively strong vehicle in that dual cab tray back single. Is that right? Forward. This is after doing only 8,000 Ks. Uh, were you thumping it through bush. the bush? Or? Yeah, oh, be- beating it, snotless. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh no. No, I've had, I've had the thing on two wheels. <laughs> Stuck in all sorts of weird places. And um, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're from Mahindra and you're listening to this, I only drive it on Sunday to get a coffee. <laughs> but well, mate, they don't mind either because I feed back to them. Well, it's good feedback yeah. without wanking on. Having John Ruth saying this is a good, strong truck. Yeah. That's a big vote of confidence for them. Well, you know, there's a big part of me, and, and you're the same, I know, because that's why we're mates. It, it was never really about the money anywhere. No, no. It was always about... I haven't got any, John. <laughs> it couldn't have been about yeah. the money. I don't know. I spent all morning on bikes and cars <laughs> and four-wheel drives. And squander the rest. <laughs> and squander the rest. <laughs> Wine, women and song, as my expense account used to say. Yeah, didn't they love that? But... um. Yeah, so it's you reach a stage in your life where you just you want to put back, and in my case, nice you know, to hear, John. The, the, it's, it's my fellow Aussie motorcyclists, four-wheel drivers, whatever they are. They're the people that have allowed me to live the life I've lived. Yes, and I just feed back. So yes, I've, I've I just spent the last year with no work working on keeping tracks open and trying to stop stupid things like digital campground booking. I saw that. I, I watched that. Yeah, yeah. Makes it pretty hard for older people or people oh. in the bush. Or oh, it's just, it's if you haven't got coverage, it's where well, you, you can't got range, book. You can't book. What are yep. you supposed to do? Half yeah. the time, the thing do not work either. And you're talking about the Northern Territory where people run around with guns. I mean, you do not want arguments out in the bush. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but That's another issue. No, well, I'm interested in all that as well. I hear you. you, they, you what, I think what you're getting to, not to speak for you, but is that you've had a year off. Uh, and remained active and all that stuff. But mm. how blessed are we that, you know, you've gone to work all your life. 90% of my work in life, or no, I'll say 70% of my work in life, I've loved. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Same, I've loved. Same, now, a lot of same. people go to work, John, every morning hating it yeah. for their whole life. They they must uh, love some component of it, though. Well, you'd, you'd like to think so. I mean, you know, Snag, at the, at the end of the day, like, I look at other people's lives and I know, I, I don't know too many people who are locked into that kind of routine, but you meet, I've met plenty of male nurses and female nurses too, and I'm sure you have, mostly mm-hmm. through bike accidents and things. What wonderful people. Oh, yeah. You know? And then you get the young doctors who can perform operations and do things that are just miraculous. My younger brother, Nico, who was a bike journal, you know, he was oh, right. trying to live to ride and all the rest of it. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, he he came to me one day. <clears throat> he was he'd been editor. He was special projects manager editor at Federals or something, and he came around, and he just said, "I've had a gutful of this. I'm making a lot of people rich." Yeah. You know, and he was really good. He was funny, and his writing was. He said, "I'm going back to my love job." To this day, he's still teaching. He's a teacher. Teaches right. delinquent kids. Oh, bless him. Yeah, and he loves it. He's 60 years old. He could, he could have been a headmaster. He could have been anything. He rides his motorbike, his old guzzy. Nevada. He'd be a bit of a legend falling into the car park with that. Oh, yeah, long hair, beard, motorbike, you know. The so he's kept him. his idealism and lives it. 
Look, he gets upset like anyone else, uh, but he measures his success by how many people he teaches to read every Jeez. year. If I make a mistake, I put a conjunctive preposition in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, those people have got people's, well, no. you know, sometimes I, it feels futile compared to when... Well, it does. I mean, and, and even the people who are pushing pens around pages and adding up numbers, at the end of the day, there's a satisfaction for them, whether it's their superannuation, which I don't have and you probably don't have either. Not much. I've got a shed full of bikes. It's my super. And, <laughs> and, and then you've got, you've got that I know where I'm going to be factor... Like I missed half my kids' sporting events and yep. dances and things. When I was at home, I went to everything. Of course, I picked if, them up. If you're there, you go. Off, did whatever, you know. But when I wasn't at home, I missed it. And uh, and then hobbies. You know, my hobbies are motorbikes and trucks and yep. machines. So yep. I was I was okay like that. But I couldn't I couldn't. Uh, I love playing blues, and so my. Oh yeah, you're a good musician. That's something oh, we'll touch no, on that as well. I'm very good. I mean. But, but pretty but, good from what I've seen. It was never regular. Yes. You know, it'd yep. be like a bit gig somewhere. Um, go and help a couple of mates. It couldn't be regular because you're not at home or you don't know where you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do anything like on Wednesday night I play table tennis. Well, no. You can't join anything like no, that. No, I understand no, that. No. You can go to pubs, but anyway. Well, I had that issue a little bit though. I, I sort of stopped travelling a bit, but... Um, and it sounds really bad because I can remember hanging around with a couple of mates of mine who were tradies and good tradies and um, good people. Uh, and I'm whinging one Sunday and one of my mates, Dave, I said, what's wrong with you? I said, well, I've got to go to Spain on Monday. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and I was genuinely whinging because I didn't want to go to Spain because I yeah. want to go to one of Spencer's or Gus's bloody do's yeah. or I want to bloody have conjugal relations with my wife yeah. or sit at home. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I said, what? He said, I'm putting two new shit houses in the local footy ground. <laughs> so if you whinge about going to Spain again. You can Mate, I'll punch you. Absolutely <laughs> shot me. And I said, you know, I said to myself, you know right. what? He's right. Yeah. I've got to not be. I'm a lucky duck. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the cost is that you're away. Yeah. Upside is you, you're having a ball, let's be honest. Well, that's the truth of it. And, I mean, you know, most of the travelling I did, with the four-wheel drives. And when I say did, I haven't finished doing it either, but... No, we're not, we're not done. We're not done, but most of it was in really remote places. And I can guarantee that there would be once or twice every couple of days I'd have this great big pang of, gee, I wish the kids could see this, or gee, I wish Karen was here to see this yes. waterhole, or, you know, oh, look at that sunset. Especially if you're on something. your Pat Malone, you yeah, go, oh, I want to share oh, this. I'd love to share this. And, and so I sort of used to keep a book of all these places I was going to bring Go the back to, yeah, yeah. One day. Um, but, yeah, I've had those occasions too where I'd, you know, someone would go, are you, are you coming to Chooker's birthday party on the weekend? And I'd say, no, I've got to go to bloody Cape York, you know. And, go, and they'd go, oh, you know. Like, can I come too? Can yeah. I come? I mean, people, we forget, people will spend years, especially if they're in Melbourne. And I've met more Victorians in Cape York than, and Tasmanians. Yes. Than any, Is that right? Yeah, than to Queenslanders. Go to. Because they, they look at Australia and they go, one day I'm going to go right up, right up there. What a big job. You've got to take a couple of months off work. You've got to save up maybe 10 grand, you yes. know. You've got to do your truck up. You've got to do this. It, it yeah, you're probably years. talking about a $25,000 exercise by the end of it. Yeah. yeah, you could be. Or you could just sticky tape your bank card to the dashboard of a $3,000 Pajero, folks. <laughs> Give it a go. Give it a go. Get don't, out there. Don't believe all the stuff I've been writing all these years and all those other guys. You don't need all the gear. <laughs> You just oh. need to go and rely on the fact that a little bit of common sense and a whole lot of people in the bush will give you a hand. That's a big plus. 
That's a big plus. Bush people are great. But people, so we are, look, we're blessed. I, I, I don't forget no, that. No. I'm, I've been lucky enough to make enough money to pay the bills out of something that I love. And I know yeah. I count my blessings every day with that. Um, Me too. And that's why you say, like, you, you, you're a long way from retired. Well, what's retirement for people like us? What are you going to do? Oh, I know. I'll go ride. Go for a ride. Oh, I'll go yeah. four-wheel drive. I might go up the Cape. I'll ring up Ruthie and go up and go for a ride with him. Yeah, yeah Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we don't, you know, we, I don't think there is any retirement. I've got, um, I've got boxes and boxes of photos and computers full of memories of all sorts of stuff. And oh, you'd have all sorts. I want to process. That, that'll be my, not retirement, but... I've noticed with less travel, I spend more time sorting through the old stuff, which is going to produce things, books and, yeah. you know, But what about YouTube the Ruthie, videos? the Ruthie autobiography? In all seriousness, what, that, I'd read that. Yeah. Do you know, I had a good lesson in autobiographies, right? And I have thought about it, but I, I don't know which... Anyway, it's, it's kind of hard, and I'll tell you why. The bloke who runs my local swimming pool, I still go swimming whenever I'm at home. You know, I would be a really fit guy if I spent a whole year at home, but <laughs> because I don't eat much rubbish and I mostly because the handbrake feeds me cardboard, you know. But and I and I go bicycle. Just keeping you alive, yeah, mate. Yeah, I go bicycle. I don't wear lycra, and I go. Swimming. I don't want to see that, John. No, you don't. No, I don't. So my local pool, right? The the lifeguard down there. He's got fuzzy hair. His name's John, and um, he runs the pool. He's about my age and. We're just yarning one day, and he said, you're a journo, aren't you? I said, yeah. And he said, can you help me with my book? And you would have had this too. And I just had this massive moment of, oh, no, not another book about being a pool owner or something. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. write, oh, my life is a, a, a career laptop hinge mm. specialist or something, you well, know. I mean, a laptop, you know, it does require <laughs> the hinge, but I don't know if I... <laughs> it could be a wild life. So anyway, I said, well, what's it about? And he said, well... You wouldn't remember, but, and then he told me, because I, I wasn't really into pop music yep. in, in the day, but back in the late 1970s, he was in a band that got a number one record all over the world, and his name was Fuzzy John, and you're going to ask me, what's the name of the band? What's the name of the band? I can't tell you. Oh, no. They wore bell bottoms. <laughs> well, you can get on the Google now, and the <laughs> Fuzzy John. It, well, that was his but name. But they hide that. that. People, people like yeah. that have this nugget. That they think's unimportant. So, so he had this amazing couple of years where they were like top build all over the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's telling me about how he try and get off the stage in Sweden, only to be greeted by all these girls. I can't can't even say the things that went on. Right? Wanton and wanton happy. and lustful and very pleased to see him and. All right, and we're back again, John. I had to change your battery, and you had to. I don't very, know what you did very there. Efficient, what did you do? Thought, mate, very, what, what did you think? Me? Oh. No, what do you think about me and technology? <laughs> oh, look, I'm amazed. Well, now. fuck You're so am I. Totally amazed. I'm, you can actually do this. Mate, I, well, <laughs> I, let me tell you, it's it's not done. It's not done. I never count my chooks. This is the points and carb you're at a GoPro, is it? Well, that's the thing. You can put a carb in front of me. I'm all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I just, uh, it's, we're of an age, aren't we? We are, mate. We're on of an age. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You know, I um, I took a an old Carter Carby down to the local garage to use their, oh, yeah, yeah. their cleaning thing the other day. I had the apprentice come over and say, can I watch you put that back together? I said, why? He said, I've never seen anyone put a carburetor together. 
I guess it not. It's like shock horror. I guess not. But I can't plug in fuel injection, so, you know. Well, I know now, and I don't know, you're a bit smarter than me in this area, but I drive an old Mercedes. Well, when I say an old, 10-year-old Mercedes. Thank God for rich people because when they've traded them in, I uh, they, Yeah, 10-year-old buy them German for, car, cheapest chips. I buy them for, <laughs> well, I paid 11 grand for that. Ooh, wow. No, it's a bloody it's a 2011 Mercedes-Benz. Anyway, oh, my point. Snag. wow. My point is... If I open up the bonnet, I, I don't know what I'm looking at. And no. I can't get to anything no. anyway. No. So if I get the slightest warning light or anything, and sometimes, as you well know, the warning light, you know, or your bloody cigarette light is, light is yeah. broken. Yeah, yeah, But it'll go into limp mode. Yeah. Um, whereas if my old HT Holden, there was two problems. You, either, you, you had no bloody liquid or no <laughs> fire. Well, do you know, I mean, I think... I was having this discussion with a German mate of mine. We are actually talking about the R18 BMW. That's right. how it started, right? Yeah. Excuse me, and, yes. And then it got into... Uh, I mean, he's, he's like me. He's got all sorts of bikes and he's just... He's been riding bikes all his life. Right. Um, just like us, you know? Yes. His bike knowledge is right up there. And he's going, you know, John, he said, what's changed is I go on my... Uh, my German accent's atrocious, isn't it? But I think we'll get into trouble for <laughs> cultural inappropriation <laughs> or some bloody thing. <laughs> okay. And we're holding back, folks. <laughs> we're really holding back here. <laughs> so, um, you know, he, he's saying, I go on the, the forums for my Triumph Street Scrambler. He said, everybody's talking about what colour jacket to wear and which boots look good with which pair of pants and which tank job. <laughs> I said... Well, what do you expect, mate? You know, there's nothing else they can talk about now. You no. can't talk about what tools I need to carry because the reality is a mobile phone and a credit card yes. is it for yes. so many bikes. I mean, uh, thank goodness modern bikes are so good they don't break down a lot. Well, they don't. That's the upside. That's They're the very upside. reliable. And the tubeless tyre thing, even with the, oh, what was I looking at the other day, spoked wheels. The new BM. Spoked wheels, tubeless tyres. Yeah, yeah. Well, Fantastic. It's a very clever system, that. Very clever. You know, that mid-mounted yeah, setup that has yeah, it yeah. has airtight ring. Exactly. I mean, I get a flat tyre on my Harley. <clears throat> I've got the tubeless gear there, even though it's got tubes. Yes. That's my first point of call. Yes. A couple of gas tubes might get me to a garage where I can borrow their jack and change the wheel. Yes. You know? <clears throat> but it's... um. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's what's changed, hasn't it? You know, like I uh, I can fix my old shitters wherever I am yeah. to some degree. Yeah, yeah. On the way down you'll here, get, I, you'll get there you, somehow. I'll somehow get there, you yeah, know, unless yeah. it's a, a real tragedy. Yep. Just a little while ago, um, we were testing a, a brand new Range Rover up Cape York, okay? Jesus. Yeah, it's actually about 12 years ago. Right. I should mention. But they were pretty flash. They haven't spoken to me since, by the way. So what happened? I've got to hear this. <laughs> okay. So we, we had that and we had about four other new vehicles. And it, it's a beautiful thing. 160 grand's worth of, of vehicle. Absolutely lovely. Went through one washout full of water a little bit too quick. Yes. Not me. That doesn't matter. Yes. I would have done it quicker because it would have made a better video shot. Yes. Came out the other end, limp home mode. Okay. Strike. So we got a satellite phone. I ring up headquarters and in Land Rover. Uh, what do I do? And they said, well, you'll have to reset it. So how do you do that? Well, you take the key out and you stick three feathers behind your left ear and you walk <laughs> 200 metres away and dance the dance of the sugar plum fairy or something and then come back and do four rotations counterclockwise, put the key in, turn it again, and it should go. So I do all this, doesn't go. Okay, 
still in limpo mode. Where are you? Well, I'm about 200k south of the Jardine. Well, just leave it there. We'll come and pick it up. I, I just just leave it there. Yeah, there'll I, be nothing there when you get home. <laughs> exactly. I said, listen, mate. If I do that, you'll be picking up a burnt-out shell by tomorrow. And someone will be very glad of their new chairs on the porch, and someone else will have some lovely wheels. We'll have and a good stereo, and yeah, 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 you know. And uh, so they go, well, what can you do? And I said, the only thing I can do is um, uh, skull drag it to the river. You know, so what's, we, what's skull drag? Oh, that's just because. It's so low to the ground and you've got that hump in the middle of the tracks through yes. most of the rough tracks. So, yeah. so basically it's it's just grind it there. So it oh, drove under Christ. its own steam for most of it. When it didn't, we skull dragged it, pulled it with a, a, a chain. Just know? dragged it, yeah. Just dragged it through. Jeez, that's going to be doing some damage, ooh, isn't it? Ooh, Leaving ooh, bits ooh, here and bits ooh, there. Oh, it looked horrible. <laughs> you know what was wrong with it? It had, it turned out, I could have fixed it if I'd known, but I had no idea. It was just one little plastic piece that operated a potentiometer which told the computer where, what setting the air suspension was on in each corner so that it could adjust it relative to everything, which is beautiful when it's working. When it's working. When it breaks. But that, sh- that actually probably should never have stopped it, should it? A Toyota, my old Toyota, I break a spring, I stick a log under there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I came home in Milo once. This is my, my, I only tell one of these stories. There's a million of them. Go on. Sorry, guys, it's a four-wheel drive story. But, but if you know <laughs> don't machines, mind. Yeah. They don't mind. It's a Ruthie story. That'll do. I've been away six weeks. I'm up in the West Kimberleys, and it's been a really hard trip. And part of that trip was uh, the rear universals. The rear um, axle came loose very slowly, and I didn't realise. Normally, I check it every day. I was being slack. And I was on the Munger track, which is all rocky and six days, 200 k's anyway. The next thing I realised, oh, I've got a problem here. And I chewed out the pinion right, into yep. the diff. Well, that's all right. It's four-wheel drive. Pull the drive shaft out. Wire the back axle back in, which you can do. Yeah. And drive on the front axle. Yes. Then yep. I broke a CV. Right. On okay. one side, the left-hand CV. So that's all right because I've got a locking diff. So I've got one-wheel drive on the front right-hand wheel. But we finished filming <laughs> and it's only 4,500 k's home. Oh, so shit. I thought, no worries, I'll just take it easy, I'll get home. Because sometimes, well, I, I, I take great pride in getting whatever it is home if I can. It's, yeah, only, yeah. it's, it's only been trailered once in my life. Uh, once for the bike too, come to think of it, Ruby. Anyway, so I drove home, I found this brilliant thing on the way home. Every time I came up behind a truck, I'd floor it. And because it's pulling on the right-hand front, we'd pull out automatically and go fast. Uh. <laughs> and then I'd back off and it would let go and come back uh. in again all on its own. <laughs> uh, what was it? Torque steer. Torque steer. Torque steer. Torque steer. It's a new thing. It's a, but yeah, well, no, you got home all right? Got home all right. Well, that's, that but, says something, doesn't it? But, you know, it's like this trip. I was thinking about that this morning as I kick-started Ruby into life and I've got a list of things I have to fix this Arvo. But anyway... I thought, why are you doing this to yourself? I've got a, a perfectly good old LT BMW at home, a 93 yes. uh, LT. I liked them. And I loved it. I loved them when I tested them new. Yep. And I waited till the right one came up, got hold of it. Anyway, it's a beautiful old bike. Perfect for a trip like this. They never yes. break down. They've got no. tubeless tyres if you get a flat. And, and you can fix them. Yeah, you know? yeah, they don't break. It, it was perfect. Under-stressed yeah, thing. Yeah. I rode it to last year's Chumps down in Victoria and... The one that got cut off by fire, but but then I realised no, the reason I didn't was because time didn't matter, you know. Right. COVID time didn't matter. 
got no jobs, take as long as I want, turn the trip into a real adventure. So on the way here, I met three lovely guys over at Torquay uh, Automotive, just behind yep. Bunnings. Had a chin oil. You know, I met I met a lovely lady posty up in um, uh, Gundawindi yep. who stopped because I'm on the side of the road with the toolkit open and told me lots of tall, tall stories about being a posty. Fantastic. You know, you just meet people because you're out having an adventure. Mm. Which brings me back to that. Don't worry about preparing. You know, Thomas Willecki rode a 250 Honda trail bike right around Australia. Yeah. Um, Probably a good choice. It was. It yeah, was. yeah, that'd be a good choice. Do not sit there going, I will need $40,000 worth of kit yeah. before I can do this trip. Yeah. Never, ever think that. No. You go, I am going to do this trip and I'm going to spend the money on fuel and if there's any left over, I'm going to spend it on beer and if something goes wrong, I'm going to deal with it then. There on the spot. And yeah. that is the, your adventure. Yeah, that's Otherwise, right. Otherwise, you're not going to have adventure. Yeah. You're going to wind up having happy hour with all the other people in their caravans at six o'clock. Yep. So, Couldn't agree more. You know. As you probably know, I'm going around Australia on, yeah, in, no. in July. And um, what you, you're saying resonates with me at the moment in that a good mate of mine said to me, I was going, if Spartan and Christ knows what, and uh, he said, mate, there's always a hundred reasons not to do it. Mm. He said, you just need one reason to do it. Yep. And that was a real, that, that ring a bell to me. He goes, there'll never be a perfect time. Not life doesn't line up like that. No. You get it as close as you can, and there'll be some shit on the track. Yep. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And you there'll be times go. you're going, why am I doing this? Yeah. But they'll probably become one of the more endearing parts of the story later on, where, like you said, someone comes out and sees you're, <clears throat> you're in the shit. Oh, come over. I've got XYZ tools, or you yeah. need a place to sleep. You can sleep on my couch. Yeah. That sort of stuff's where <clears throat> the stories come from, isn't it? And I reckon people that do the Luxo, I'm, mate, I'm happy to do Luxo. Oh, Luxo's cool. Luxo's all right, but they don't get that side of it. No, they don't. They, they really don't. They miss it. I mean, um, Ruby, prime example. I'm actually going to visit a little town. I won't say where. Right. Because it's an embarrassing story, but about... <laughs> mate, we love embarrassing stories. <laughs> so 16 years ago, I get a flat tyre, right? Yeah. And I'm coming back from a biker do in Melbourne on Ruby, and I'm taking back roads because various reasons my mental state is not that good and I want to take my time Understood. I do not want to ride take it all in yeah I'd want to take take it in and not just ride straight up the hill you're the king of the euphemism fair to go (laughs) go on so there I am it's a Saturday morning and I see the sign that says blah blah 5k's just as the tyre goes and she wobbles all over the road so what can I do I I looked at it I tried my Finelec I tried my automatic patches or and everything lasted about 200 yards. I got a little bit closer to town. I could see a garage in the distance. It looked like it was open. It was only a little one. I just pushed the bike into it. I walk in. I say, oh, there's a couple of guys there sitting on drums having a beer, you know. And I said, um, hey, can, do you mind if I use your tyre gear and a jacket? Just change my tyre, you know. I've got a spare tube. And the bloke said, yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, yeah, but not right now. Sit down and have a beer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I sat down and had a beer, right? Anyway, a few more guys come. One of them was getting married the next day oh, on the Sunday. So right. this was his bucks night. 
Right. Okay. Getting so, married the next day is always a bad move. Exactly. I mean, if you're going to have a bucks knot, have it in Tasmania well, three weeks before. Absolutely. You know? Do not have it anyway. Where there's no electricity or something. <laughs> so, exactly. No communication. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so, um, so there I am. You know, I'm sitting on a drum drinking their beer, and then I bought a carton. You know, one of the guys that's going to the pub and blah and blah and blah. Well, we became best mates. Yes. You know, and I stayed on someone's veranda. I never even got close to the bike. Yes. They wheeled it into the shed and we jacked it last up. Last you saw of it. Far, that was the last I saw of it. So <laughs> next day, I wake up on the veranda, bacon and eggs, you know. You got any better clothes than that? Why? Oh, you're coming to the wedding. You know? <laughs> hey? No, I don't know anyone. No, nah, you'll be right. So, yeah, we want you to give a speech. Oh. Why? Well, you're the only one nobody around here knows. <laughs> so, oh, okay, all right. Something well, new to say. <laughs> exactly, something new to say. <laughs> and so so anyway, we had the usual pre-wedding, you know, preparations. Oh, God. And off we go. The wedding's in the in the little social bowling club. And, um, oh, mate, I had a great time. I gave a speech. I danced with all the girls. I just had a wonderful time. I woke up somewhere else completely. <laughs> went and found the bike you know the boys are dragging themselves in I was stuck in that town for three days yeah and they've all become best mates yes and I go back now and it's g'day John how you going all from a busted bike all from a busted bike yeah and yeah. what would you do that's you a know? great story well it it's that's what there's happens. lots of them in there but that's the the pick of the bunch yeah yeah you know yeah what I mean? yeah that's, and, and it, something had to go wrong for that to happen yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and so life is, um, if life is just steady and uh, reliable and boring and everything, it will be boring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if it's got a few humps yep. and a few hills you've got to climb over and a couple of diversions, yep. then that's when things get exciting. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And I think motorcyclists particularly, yes. there's a lot of reasons why I like motorcyclists, but one, one <laughs> of them- Because you is one, mate. Because I am one. You want to like yourself a little bit, don't you? Uh, well, that's a battle. That's a battle after time. That's another story. But oh dear, um, I like the way motorcyclists. You know, if if you've been stuck on the side of the road, if you've ridden motorbikes for any period of time, yeah. at some point either you have been stuck on the road or you're gonna be, mm. and it can be a problem. I mean, you mm. it can be pissing down rain. You can't leave the. You've got to become resourceful, and you've got to think about. Well, I you know, if I have to sleep next to this bike, I can do that. Um, what I find with motorcyclists, other problems in life come up and they generally have an optimistic view of, oh, well, what the hell, you know, I'll do X, Y, Z. And do you know, mate, look, I, I can remember in in my outlaw times, you know, every now and then you get some idiot, you know, ah, 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 you know going to have his it, bit. You get it in the four-wheel drive world too. You get it, you get it in, in any world. You walk into a pub... And there's three or four bulls in the wrong paddock and you get this. Well, as a motorcyclist, number one, how on earth can you be frightened of anything? Mm. How can a motorcyclist be frightened of anything? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because I can hurt myself on my motorcycle a whole lot quicker than you can with your baseball bat. Do you yes, know what I mean? Yes. Like, <laughs> it's just give up on it. Yeah, what Go have you, sit what down in the corner, got nothing, mate. No. You've got nothing to throw at me. Yeah, yeah. And so I think in my mind, that's where... It's the same thing with the intrepid adventurers you meet, the guys who are quite happy to take the wife and drive a four-wheel drive right across the Canning stock route. They've never been there. They've got no idea. Off they go. They'll do it, yeah. You know, Leyland Brothers in the early days, whatever. Just people who didn't know what they were doing, heading bush. And 
And it's the same with motorcyclists. You, you, at the end of the day, you ride bikes all your life, there's a fair chance you've got no fear. And that no fear will project through into your whole life. Yes. You yeah, know? Yeah. You might wind up divorced more than most blokes because yes. at the end of the day, you're not frightened to tell this woman that well, enough is enough. Or, or, or man or whatever. Or man yeah. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a state of mind. It's a very different thing. Yeah, uh, and, and most of the good motorcycles I know, um, I, I've got this theory that, like, say you and I will go away together on the weekend. Now, we might ride together, we might not, whatever. We'll end up in the same place. You feel like you're riding together. You do. But you're actually alone in your helmet. Yes. You're not actually communing. So when we get off the bike, you know, I know if you're anything like me, I could have thought about bloody from... Anything. I could, yeah, Nietzsche to, you know, yep. bloody... Uh, you know, bananas in pajamas. So it's not all highbrow, but something along the lines. I've thought, oh, I'll talk to Ruthie about it. Or when yeah. I have a beard night, I want to ask X, Y, Z about. You've had some thought. See, when you sit in a car, you're either not talking yeah. or filling the air. Sometimes there's lots of good talks to be had in a car. I know of that. Course. All day you've been in your helmet. Or you listen thinking. to music. Or I mean, I drive. I listen to podcasts to audible books when i'm on my own same truck, that's what i do too uh, ever since they came out with decent bluetooth headphones and yes. stuff um i've been listening to stuff in the car cannot do it on the bike yeah okay and, and i did a lot of work with um uh black dog in recent oh years. yeah yeah well and tell me about that male depression well no when i say i did a lot of work i mean I just I helped out with some fundraisers and yeah. I'm quite happy to go and talk to people when they're a bit depressed. I I did some men's shed stuff, you know, which in my mind is that's a bit of a a real issue for men. They they suddenly they don't have a job. They tend to lose most of their social life at the same time. Yes, if their social life is based around their job, they're not seeing those people. That's right, and and at the same time, you know, it's time to downsize to an apartment. So you lose your shed, and you mm. haven't got your car to tinker with, or whatever it is. And and so you do a lot of work with these people. And someone told me once, you know, we're just talking. They said, um, uh, depression is thinking about the past, anxiety is thinking about the future. Mm. The only solution. To not be depressed is to live in the moment. Yeah. When a good, you ride a, a motorcycle, good. you are a hundred percent in the moment. Yeah, you are you if you're not, you're something not right. Exactly. And I'll tell you the other thing too, when you're in a four wheel drive battling your way up goat's track in the rain in the Victorian high country. You're in the moment. You're in the moment. Because to not be in the moment is to be down in the gully yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And it's it's that it's that thing that in my mind is that living in the moment, what you were just talking about, mm. you know, you're going along. I remember testing an intercom system once and I had this, this is before I got married, had a Danish girlfriend, Meta Magnuson, wonderful girl. We had this intercom system, first one I'd ever tried. After about 25 minutes, we pulled into a garage to fuel up. I accidentally ran it over. <laughs> Oh, man. Three times. <laughs> backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. Didn't, didn't suit you? <laughs> oh, not, not your go? No, I just didn't want to be talked at. And well, I do I do use an intercom system from time to time. Yeah. I like to listen to podcasts like you. Yes. Um, I've got used to that, but my view of an intercom system is... Ruthie, i got to get fuel. That's all I'm probably going to say to you today. Yeah. We don't want to discuss politics or whatever or... You know, do you feel like a beer? So fang and past and going like, here's me petrol tank isn't going to do it for well, you Well, look, I can survive that. But 
I remember he'll remain nameless, a very good friend of mine, who I do love, I do love. But we travelled across Europe on a couple of GSs and we had one of those very austere, very uh, early intercom systems. Okay. Well, fuck me if he didn't want to talk about <laughs> existentialism and bloody, you know, pre postmodern bloody politics in the Ukraine. Oh, no. And we get to this lunch stop. I said, mate, th- these, these are supposed to be about I need fuel, not... Yeah. Anyway, oh, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, can you just, you know, back it up a touch? Get back on. Away he goes again. So, well, I learned that the off switch was good. <laughs> he never missed me, John. He didn't know I had to listen because he, 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 he had two mouths and one ear, but... You know, it's funny, but I think I was just thinking about this, right? And in Victoria, with your shorter distances, the number of great pubs you've got, the number of fantastic cafes yes. connected together by brilliant bits of windy road. Yes. I can imagine how, like, my mates in the Castlemaine Mafia up there, you know, our mates. Oh, Jonestown. Yeah, <laughs> Jonestown. <laughs> Don't drink the cool. Yeah, do not drink the Kool-Aid oh, up there, mate. Oh, no, I'll tell you what. No, look, there's a great bunch of our, just to fill you in, yeah. big bunch of our mutual friends who have shifted to um, a rural town in uh, in Victoria, Castlemaine, and, and they're having a ball. They're, they're yeah. mostly retired and motorcyclists and um, great bunch of spouses. It's, it's all good. It's but all I'll, good. It's really good. In fact, it's glorious. It makes me jealous. But at the end of the day, if you go for a ride in Victoria, you go, okay, we're going to go two, three, four hundred k's. You're not going very far. And you'll boot around some beautiful roads. I can imagine a discussion along the lines of, I want to stop at McVeigh's pub. No, I want to go to, you know, blah, yeah, yeah. because they serve a better steak. Or, yep. you know, you can imagine Grant Roth chiming in with, look, I'm not stopping anywhere that doesn't have a good red wine, you know. And That and does sound a bit like Grant. Or I was with him in Tasmania. John, once. can you hold that thought? <laughs> I've just had a look. We've got, we've got another battery change to do. No worries. This is a um, little bit technically uh, challenged. I'll be back in, John and I will be back in a minute. You might want to go for a piss or uh, tell <laughs> your missus your lover, whatever, or, you know, change the points on your EH. But we'll be right back. Oh, we're back, John. Yes. What did back. you do? Did you just talk amongst yourself or what? <laughs> I rang your wife and told her I loved her. Oh, Wasn't that what you said? Not again. <laughs> I tell you what, no, 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 I'm staying out. I'm we'll staying out of that one. I want, you know, you, the thing about digital stuff, as you well know, if I, you and I used to make a mistake in a, a print magazine. Yeah. It was it like, out. well, they ended up in the shit house at the local mechanics anyway. Yes. Uh, doggy, and that was about the size of it. But if you say anything digital, yeah, it's there forever, mate. Mate, I think that's why the world is such a. Pardon the phrase, soft cock place. Yeah, so, no, look, I hear you, I hear you. Everyone's got a phone. You can you can screw up in just the smallest possible way and everybody can Everyone knows it, about it. You know, in the old days, you'd screw up, you'd walk out of there and say, well, I've done me dash in this town, I'll go to another town. I shouldn't have done that. No. Yeah, you know, I get I, that. I learned my lesson, but you do, yeah, no, I feel sorry. Hasn't stopped me doing stupid stuff, though. No, but I, gee, the world's become a... Horribly politically correct. Well, look, I see. I think a lot of you know we're getting into an area here, but I do believe. Look, we wouldn't be far apart. We're not exactly the same, but we wouldn't be far apart. My my thoughts are that there's a lot of things needed to change. Too right. A lot of things too right needed a good hard look at. Too right. Um, but in some ways, the swing, the pendulum of social change, Mm. swings very wide before it finds its right. Spot. And you just said it there. The problem is, you know, pendulum was up here. Yep. It should be here. It's gone whooshka over there. 
And you know what that means, don't you? It's not going to stop. It's no. going to come back. Back out the other side. And then it's going to pop out the other side again. So before long, we'll have monks wrapping their thighs with barbed wire or something stupid. You know what I mean? Like well, this. I hope that sense prevails. Mm. I mean, I'm an optimist. I, I, I'm pretty happy with the world. And I think young people are good people. I don't think they're any different than we were. So no. People the, are people. The one thing that I have noticed and... And that is that as the world tightens up, so to speak, as life in the cities gets more prohibitive and more constrained and there's more things you're not allowed to do, there's more people getting into motorcycles. Yes. Heaps more. And there's more people getting into going bush and yes. for the freedoms that it brings. You yes. Know? And um, I think COVID's had a bit to do with that. Well, COVID's had an awful lot to... It's almost like COVID turned the dial right up. But it was happening already. Yes, it was, it's yeah. It's going to happen more. You know, I've seen it with my own kids and, and that generation. It's like um, they didn't need to. But look at the strength of motorcycling at the moment. It's, it's gangbusters. It's, it, and it's a lifestyle, you know. We, we've but who would have picked it. that, John? We, no. I would have never picked that. Remember what we used to say 20, 30 years ago. We'd go, geez, if motorcycles were invented now, they wouldn't allow them. Well, by crikey, you could say that now. With a factor of 10. Yes, really, very it? much you so. Know? But what's happening? Oh, no, there's signs, motorcycle parking or motorcycle-friendly town or, yeah. you know, thank you, Bertrand Kadat, for kicking that one off. But yes, God, God bless him, God another bless one we him. lost. Yeah, but all over the place, motorcycles have become more friendly. Um, and out in the bush too, not so much on the coastline, but certainly out in the bush. In the real bush. In the real bush. There's a whole lot of towns have opened up, not just to motorcycle. You'll see the pubs advertising, you know. Motorcycle friendly. Motorcycle friendly. Yeah. Come on in. And they've got, got a, a shed to put your bike yeah, in at night. And, they got, and, and then you'll also find a lot of these places are opening up their riverfronts to free camping and stuff like that. I yeah, mean, yep. This is what I'm seeing in the That's bush. a great idea. It's a great idea. It saved little Texas out yes. on the Queensland, New South Wales border. Place was, you know, they get, they get to under 1,400 people or something. It's not big enough for a primary school. Or yes. something like that. Yes, or yes. Big enough for a That's very or, important too, or, isn't it? It is, you know, because then you lose a whole strata of people yeah. from a tiny little town that's a long way from anywhere. Yeah. And so what they did was they, they opened up the public toilets and things. They opened up the riverbank to camping. Well, they let people know. They became RV friendly. Yes. You know, motorcycle friendly. Yes. And all of a sudden, bang, town's back in business, cruising yes. along. And, um, Great. It's a lesson I've been, a lot of what I did this last year was talking to people in councils. Yes. Or, you know, the behind the scenes stuff, which is about as, as exciting as making a brick sandwich out of your head sometimes. But, <laughs> but by crikey, it does the number. You know well, it's I mean? important. It's important. Well, uh, to that end, I recently um, did four days with, with uh, my business partner. Uh, he's got his GS and I've got my XR. And um, we decided to look at free camps. Yes. And um, one comes to mind in a place called Tumbarumba, which you probably know yep. up in the high country there. Cold. Just yep. out of the town, um, they've built an area. It sits on the river. It's There's nothing flash, but there's a nice flat ground for mm. starters. That's number one. A bit of cover. Um, they even had hot, running hot water. Wow. Which is like, over, that that's there. right that's over awesome. the top. Yeah. And a flush dunny, which after you've been on the road for a while, <laughs> feeding my flush dunny is like, I spent about an hour in there just bloody... Marvelling at <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> but we won't go into it. But 
they've done a really good job. Yeah. It's it's uh, pretty austere, as I was saying, but it's um, well done. There's running hot water. Someone comes and cleans it about every third day, so it's not a shit fight. And I was talking to one of the blokes in town. Now, it's about 5K out of town. Mm. And, it's, of course, it's the Tumbarumba Council, whatever local council yeah. there, because they encourage you, if you stay there, to go on into town to grab your grog, maybe have a cannery at the pub, which we, you know, we of do. course you do. Of course you do. You go out, you buy your milk, bread, yep. blah, blah, blah. And they've worked out that doing that brings a lot of money and interest back into town. So I'm seeing more and more of that. It's very Some of them are just falling apart and not well done. Um, but the ones that are well done, they're free. Yeah. Um, and there's a degree, look, I don't know, you're, you're a stronger man than me, but there's times when I worry about security when you're out in the middle of nowhere sometimes, especially on a motorbike. No. I worry about someone knocking something off. No, you got no, no. Nothing to worry about? No, look, um, no, not really. It's, in my mind, um, in all the time I've been travelling, yes. you know, the only stuff that's ever gone missing has been the obvious stuff. For instance, when I left the windows down in a tiny town in Western Australia and someone climbed in, stole all the cash out of the ashtray. Right. You know, yep. the dollar, opportunistic. Opportunistic. Um, it's, most theft is, is tied into drug problems, uh, youth, yep. uh, stuff like that, you know. And so it's hijinks. It's not... We're There's out no looking. Theft. No, yeah, no, yeah. we're out looking for a GS BMW. Yeah. So, um, at the end of the day, I, th I think Australia is probably the safest country. Despite really, we you hear about the you hear about the bad things. How often do you hear? Not very often. No. You know, really. That's As true. Australia is a wonderfully safe place to travel. Um, I know lots of of ladies who travel on their own. I've met them all over the country. Yep. And staying in tents on bikes and stuff. Staying in tents on bikes, uh, you know, swagging it next to a four-wheel drive, whatever they're doing. Yep. You know, you meet them all over the place. They don't have any issues. No. You know, I mean... Well, even a sook like me might be all right. Oh, snag. Hey? The biggest <laughs> danger you're going to run into is an evil hangover somewhere, I reckon. <laughs> no, I've, get... packed some, I've packed some Panadol, don't worry about <laughs> No, Jeez. you'll have a ball, mate. You don't worry about... I mean, common sense. Yeah, right? of course. Don't I mean, don't do dumb stuff. No, we were talking about this the other day. If if a town has got, and some of them do in some of the more remote regions, if up they, around Derby and places yeah, like that, you've got to keep your wits about. If it, they got, they? if they've got a compound for people who are staying overnight, yeah, you know, there's a reason. There's a reason for it. So don't stay there. Yeah, get out of town. Yeah, get you were saying to me, bush, get out know? in the bush where you're not. Get out into the What'd bush. What did you say? K off the road's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, look, it's like motorcycle theft. What did you say? Headlight distance off yeah, the road. headlight distance so you can find the road if you need to get back to it. Yeah, That's all. yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, um, okay, and then you go, oh, if you're a city kid, you're not, but, well, to some degree, you might go, hey, snakes, insects, bugs, whatever. What about them? They're going to hurt oh, me. I think I'll be this right This is Australia. That. No, that's a rumour we spread for the rest of the yeah, world. Yeah, keep you keep out, you out. bastards. At the end of the day, you light yourself a little fire. Yep. You know, a tiny little fire. Make sure you don't set fire to the bush. No, that's important. That yeah. It's really important. You light a tiny little fire. The smoke, an Aussie bush animal gets a whiff of smoke. doesn't matter what they are. They're out of they're there. They're out of there. Because it's not as, good news. No. You make as much noise as you can when you get there. You don't pat around in your socks looking for a big rock to take a poop on. Yeah. You yeah. know? Make a lot of noise, make a bit of smoke. 
You're dead safe. So you, you sound like a bloke, don't you? You should get into the 4 by 4 and camping game. <laughs> you sound like a bloke knows a little bit about it. <laughs> well, you know, a long time before even before even the motorbikes, my brother and I were uh, uh, prospectors, Nico and I, and, and we just, we bush camped all over the country. We lived off the land. We did all sorts of things because, A, we didn't have a lot of money. B, we often didn't know what the rules were. And C, we just were having fun trying to make a living. Yeah, you know? yeah. And okay, so we're bush kids, but we uh, never had any real issues doing that. Yeah. And it's like common sense, you know. I had this dis- I had this discussion with you about uh, roadkill. Yes, you know? yeah, we're talking about roadkill. Yeah, what do yeah. I do? You know, I'm riding around Australia, 180 miles an hour. No, no. <laughs> I don't think you... I said that. But well, go no. But... <laughs> yeah, I... for the sake of the exercise. Warning to my friend Rod and Broom Police. <laughs> He's coming, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just see a flash. <laughs> no, but look, at the end of the day, uh, on the way down here, Newell Highway, usually that's a place where you see roadkill. There isn't any roadkill. I can't smell any. The grass is really high. It's been raining a lot. Safe to travel. Yes. Until the sun goes down. Yes. Sun up, sun down. After that. Yeah. 80 k's an hour. Yeah. You know, and that way if you do hit something, you've got a chance of living. Whether it's in a living. or a bike, you've got a chance of living. Yeah, yeah. So you just, you peg a lot of common sense. Yeah. If your gut feeling says, gee, these people are looking at me a bit strange, move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, but just, just yeah, have your yeah, wits about you. Yeah, just have some wits about you, you know. Actually, you're right. That smell thing's important. It smells everything. Because, you, like, you smell that three, say, three ruse that you can't mm. see. Mm. You, well, and you do smell them, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Well, these days, what's going on? I mean, in a lot of places, the council actually will have a, a truck that goes out and pulls the roadkill off the road. Yeah. I morning. see sometimes they're painted. Yes. You've seen that? They paint the yeah, roadkill. I think if you it. can take the time to paint it, pick it up. Yeah, but that's to tell the next guy to pick it up. I mean, <laughs> that's real cheeky. <laughs> Is that right? You want to be the bloke cheeky. with the paint, <laughs> not the next bloke. Yeah, exactly. And if you see three wombats in a row. Yeah, there's know, wombats here. There's wombats here. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's just common sense. The whole thing is common sense. And yeah. if you've got a lot of time on your own, riding a bike, driving a truck, whatever you're doing, you think about these things, read the signs, yep. get it together. And you will. You, you, oh, yeah. You're going to get out there and all your life skills. Yeah, they come handy. They will suddenly all come together and be in focus as you motor around the country. Mm. And weather. But I see people, say, you know, they say, oh, we're going off around Australia. When I say, when are you going? They say, December. Oh, how yeah, you gonna, right. Which yeah, part are you doing? Tasmania. Yeah, how are you going to go in the north? <laughs> yeah. Um, why? What will I think people don't recognise it's a frontier out there. It's a massive country. They don't yes. realise that that whole top band is monsoonal. Yes. You know, like you don't go up Cape York any time after November mm. to, to early April. Not if you want to get out. Not if you want to get out. And most of the local people have already left. So yeah. there's nothing up there. There's yeah. no nothing garages to see or do anyway. Open. It'll only be Mapoon right at the top where the locals don't go anywhere. Yeah. And even they'll stop work for four months. Right. You know? Four months. Oh yeah, yeah. Because oh. just nothing's happening. Oh well, you know they keep themselves going, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why is nothing happening? Because it's too wet in the afternoon, and in the morning everything's muddy. Yes. You know. Yes. It was the same when we were mining. I mean, it, it doesn't. Oh, it's Monday, but it's raining. Let's go to work. No, it's raining. The clay's wet. The ladders are slippery. The belts will slip. The machines will run like crap. And we'll probably fall over and slide under a dump truck. So you just don't, you don't. go to work when it's raining. Yeah. You go to the pub. Yeah. yeah. Find out where you're going to go to work next. Well, I mean, <laughs> it seems like a reasonable... Well, it was. Doesn't it? Yeah, all your research is done in the pub. <laughs> Whoops. Well, 
Oh, look at Johnny's rearranging the furniture. He's only been here five minutes. Sorry about that. Well, look, I, I, I could talk to you all day, mate, and uh, and you and I will talk at Chumps yeah, no. to the point where we're boring each other shitless. <laughs> there's no debt, and there's a, another. Uh, I should tell you, Chumps is just a. It's a way of a bunch of old journo mates getting together and being able to write. It was a tax symposium. <laughs> so that's what we do. We go to a pub in the bush. Um, we book a room and we yeah. each, um, or John, you know, he hedges his beds. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get a room. Hey, didn't you? You know, I got to bring. Well, you're not sleeping with me. I'm telling Is that you. Right? No. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> you will have to buy me a drink. It's all right, mate. Do you know it's that it's that sense of adventure. Oh, I can't there, wait. I'll get there. Someone will look after me somewhere down there. Mate, the there'll always be a space on the bed, on the shape, on the floor, or whatever. Yeah, it's normally know, on the in front floor. of the fire. Quite often, it's under the bar near the fire. Near the piano. Right. Yeah, near the piano. The piano is there this week too. Is it? You did you bring your harp? Oh, I did, but there's no Brumby to play the piano. Do you? Spence play can play the piano. Can he? Is yeah. he? He's coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. There he just go. needs to run through a twelve bar and let you loose. And then we're off and away. <laughs> Johnny. Thank mate, you. it's an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, and our, our people are going to love this. Thanks for the opportunity. I hope. And I really appreciate you. Oh, look, give us a plug too. Where do we get in contact with you? What's the best way to see you? Oh, okay. Well, um, uh, Ruthie, R-O-O-T-H-Y, Facebook. Uh, the YouTube channel's going off at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm out there. Look for Ruthie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, He's got a million stories. Most of them are true. Good on you. See you next one. See ya.